spoiler alert, it's Geek Top 5, the abridged edition. Unfortunately, due to ongoing technical difficulties and scheduling issues, we don't have a news segment for you guys today. Um, a quick summary, uh, you should check us out at facebook.com slash geektop5, where we collect all the things that are of interest of us. Uh, we usually draw our news sources from there. And the five things we wanted to look at this week, we're going to be looking at the Lost in Space trailer for the new series on Netflix, based on the old series and one hopefully forgettable 1998 movie. We were looking at the Assassin's Creed Origins Discovery Tour, uh, 3D interactive sort of guided tours of historically accurate ancient Egypt. We were looking at the possibility of them rebooting Transformers and how some people don't take the story seriously at all because they're a bunch of toys fighting and how some people take the story super seriously. Number two was Joss Whedon. Uh, he's writing Buffy again because he's bailing on Batgirl, which we sort of thought was his own movie idea. Um, some controversy there. He says he just didn't have a story idea, but it looks like there may be some politics involved. And of course, number one was Marvel's Black Panther opened recently. Uh, phenomenal movie, and Graham figures that that's exactly the blueprint we need for a new generation of James Bond. Um, super sorry we couldn't get the whole thing to you. It, uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, but those are the things that we looked at, uh, but we did fortunately manage to keep on. We had a cool panel. We're going to segue to that now. So we'll be back with the regular news in our next segment in just a couple of weeks. But for now, stay tuned uh, for our deep dive. This is Geek Top 5. Welcome to the second half of Geek Top 5. This week, we are having a uh, return of our Star Trek Discovery Roundtable. Minus one, uh, Aisha was not able to join us, but... We'll try and make up for that. But we do have most of the panel back. We've got Joel back once again. Hello, always a pleasure. And Zinni. Thank you for having me. And uh, we are doubling back because the last time we were all together, we had just started watching the debut of Star Trek Discovery. And now Discovery has just wrapped its first season. And the question is, what did we think? Did our opinions change? How do we feel? <laughs> So let's ah, hey, Star Trek Three. I uh, I love it. Okay. So let's let's start with the finale and get that out of the way because I think that is where we might have the most passionate response. So mm. just to set the stage, they've escaped the mirror universe. They've got the evil Captain Giorgio with them, who the regular universe version died in the uh, first two episodes. She's back. She's evil. She takes command of the ship. They go to Kronos and then they threaten to blow it all up. And Starfleet morals prevail, and they decide not to blow it all up. It all ends yeah, up and ever after. And I don't think we're very clear on why. Yeah, yeah, I don't have. I have no understanding of why that stopped the Klingon war. Yeah, no, I get that. I was fully listening to Graham, and I was like, "Yup, yup, with you, with you, with you." And then, then they decide to not blow up the planet, and then the war ends. And I don't, I don't know why. And I, I very conspicuously don't have a lot of notes because. I've been trying to articulate how I feel about it, and, <laughs> and I can't get beyond sounds. So, like, <laughs> right, <laughs> and that I think is where we're going to be doubling back on yeah. the talking about the season as a whole because I think the finale was really representative of what I as I felt about the first season of the show. It's that all the bones are there, but it's just it's it doesn't quite work, and that's been my throughout this whole thing. It's been things are. They have all the right ingredients, but the souffle just won't rise. Isn't mm. that true of the first season of every Star Trek series? Well, see, I don't know. And again, maybe we shouldn't get too far off the finale too early, but I would say this is the strongest first season of possibly any Star Trek. 
well, original series. You can't discredit. The original series yeah, for a season okay. is mm-hmm. really solid. Okay. So, okay, but the finale. We yes. wanted to stick to the yeah. finale, right? So, all the things they did right. Um, the Starfleet morals win in the end. Great you know, speech. Make the right decision. But well, my, I, I like the speech and I like the idea behind it, but I felt like up until that moment, there had been nothing saying that that was going to happen. Like, that, that she never did anything. Who's she? Uh, sorry, Burnham. Never did anything to earn that feeling. Like, yeah. She kept... I, I keep going back to the moment in the Mirror Universe where she's... They, they, she and Giorgio take over the, the Empire again and Lorca is, is at his at their mercy and she says, I'm not going to kill you. And then Giorgio comes out from behind and stabs him and throws him into the mycelium network. And she doesn't... Burnham doesn't seem outraged or shocked by this. It seems like it was part of the plan. And that's not Starfleet. Like, she doesn't seem to care that this prisoner who she just promised she wouldn't hurt gets killed. I think it ties back to what she did in the first episode, which is she... Goes and she, she commits mutiny, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and then she sees the consequences from that. And it's like she learned her lesson. But she, it, but it was like she learned her lesson in the twenty minutes of this one episode. Yeah. <laughs> like we didn't see that character growth. I felt. I, I totally agree. I think like it just came out of nowhere. Like all of a sudden, the Starfleet morals matter. Whereas up until that moment. Everyone had been throwing Starfleet morals away at the drop of a hat throughout the series. I feel that the um, the the Starfleet morals in general were tacked on throughout the series, but especially in that. And and it's and it's it goes to how it it's a decent show, but uh, <laughs> but it it doesn't work as started and it hits these certain points but it's in the, in the last episode it's just like oh we have to tack this on it kind of felt like it was rushed yeah. the last yeah. episode was so rushed yeah I think they knew at the start where they wanted to be at the end they did they, they wanted they these did. characters to have like gone through this dark thing but learned lessons and have like the federation reign. but I don't think it carried and even throughout this one episode I don't think it carried. The episode where they did the away mission, that one episode where the... Um, I keep thinking I want to say Pavlova, but that's wrong. Oh, yeah, the, no, the, yeah, yeah. The yeah. crystal aliens. Th- that was, Pavlova. we have to stick the, to our Starfleet ideals. Except <laughs> Saru, who goes nuts and tries to keep them there and tries to... She, he completely mutinies, and at the end of the episode, it, all is forgiven. Yeah, and, and he's the assistant. It's not like he was taken over. It was like, yeah, I did it. Yeah, yeah but, they don't even blame the spores, yeah, no, right? Yeah. Spock, yeah. at least, could blame the spores. <laughs> the spores. Yeah. Saru's like... No, Oh yeah, I wasn't. That wasn't mind control. I just decided I hated you all, and uh, and yeah. it's oh, hard by to the be way. a Kelpian. <laughs> so yeah, that's, so yeah, I think this discussion is going to waffle back and forth between the whole series and the finale, and because I and yeah, because the finale is that microcosm. Like when you, when I think about this season, it's very clearly two parts. The first half of this season, like I think those episodic episodes, like the Harry Mud episodes. Like, those ones were all sort of kind of not quite hit-and-miss Star Trek episodes. Yeah. But it had. It, I felt like it was laying the potential to do interesting things with these characters. But in hindsight, the Harry Mudd episode, Lorca leaves mm-hmm. him, and I remember everyone was like, "How oh, no Starfleet captain. Well, so well, it was especially the hint, Jesse. It was the yeah. hint that maybe there's something wrong with Lorca. Well, but, mm. and, oh, oh, I, I, again, it's so hard to stay on topic, but let me get this out then. That the halfway point, they end the, the half season where they have to do the 133 jumps. And in that episode, like for a couple episodes before it, even Lorca is becoming more likable. 
Right. And I was wondering, like, are they doing some character development there? I thought like, that as well. He gives, um, like, he, he gives that speech to Stamens about, like, you know, I know we haven't always been on the same page. Stamets. But, but Stamets? why Stamets? Yeah. Stamets. But, okay, Stamets. <laughs> Stamets. Put the emphasis on the wrong salon. I think of Stamens, <laughs> like Stamens and Pistols. Right. Yes. right? Because, yeah. Sports. He, but he gives a speech, like, <laughs> you're a science guy and I'm a war guy, but we're learning to work together. And it's all about, like, what we can discover, yada, yada. And then... Ooh, discover. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But then... In the mirror universe, they immediately cut all his character development off and make him a caricature. But see, looking back in hindsight, I see that as him trying to become friendly to Stamets to convince him to go ahead with the 133 jumps but that he needs him to do to get back to the mirror universe. Very manipulative. Yes. Yeah. That's but wouldn't, him it, but wouldn't it have been more interesting if that carried through his character? Now he's back in the mirror universe, but he's seen this federation. He can see, like, maybe things don't have to be this way. No, they made him a maniacal supervillain. They gave him a sword. And they had him stand there and say, we'll make our empire great again. We have to do what's right for the human race. We'll build a wall. Yeah. I I thought they might be doing something. I remember thinking at one point when they started to develop him and I started to like like, um, Lorca that they do that thing that they did in Deep Space Nine where a good character or a bad character in our prime universe is a good character with Brunt specifically. Oh, yeah. Go there. And I was thinking, well, maybe we'd end up finding that the prime universe Lorca was this really evil guy. But the alternate Lorca the alternate is, one is the better guy. And no... <laughs> That's no. not what they did. Well, we still don't know about Prime. We, we still don't know about Prime. Right, exactly, for sure, yeah. he's going to show up. I, I'm not convinced we're done with Ultimate. Is he Lord. the yeah. captain we're picking up mm-hmm. on Vulcan? Oh, that or, would be interesting. Or well, Cornwall's just like. <laughs> Let's get back to that. Later. Yeah, we're, we're I, I wanted right to talk a bit more about the mirror universe thing because I I was very frustrated with how they finished out their their little mirror universe arc. Where it just became a guns a blazing shoot 'em up fest to to yeah, finish it off, movie. but great battle. Yeah, sure, it was a great battle. But the whole point of the mirror universe is that it exemplifies why going to our baser instincts, why violence isn't good. Everyone's living on fear. How they that's that's the problem with the mirror universe. And in the original mirror universe episode, Mirror Mirror from season two of the original series, the the people from our universe who end up there are able to cautiously blend in and, and they, they use the morals of, of proper Starfleet to convince Spock that what's going yeah. on is wrong and they, they use but just words. Spock. Just Spock. But, but the climax of that episode is the Kirk monologue. It's not a space battle. Yeah. It's the, like, like, no, what you're doing is wrong. Right. The, and, and, Spock, and evil Spock, oh yeah, I guess what we're doing is wrong and we should try to be better. And blah, blah, blah. So what do you think, how does that apply to Giorgio who doesn't kill Burnham? And instead walks away. I don't know. I don't know what any of it means now. Yeah, because none. they've thrown the mirror universe analogy out the window with this. Because the the good guys use violence to kill everyone so that it works out in their benefit. It, it is weird to think that that problem... It was a problem that was solved with space karate. It doesn't seem very Star Trek. Yeah. Like, at one point, I think Giorgio, evil Giorgio throws a, like a knife at Lorca... And he pulls it out of him and throws it back, and she kicks it out of the air. <laughs> it's like, yeah. but look, you've that got was, Michelle cool. Yeoh. You've got, well, yeah. got to use her. <laughs> and that's the thing with the Mirror Universe. I liked the Mirror Universe because it's popcorn. Like I yeah. like space karate, and I like lasers and torpedoes. But it's, I feel it's so not the way that we would want Star Trek to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really obvious that like, I think one of the most Star Trek moments 
is Saru's Kirk monologue yes. in the alternate universe. He gives a very like it's it's kind of cliche. Even <laughs> one of his lines is "We will not accept a no-win scenario." But that's one of the most Star Trek yes. moments of the whole season. And what was that when they all stood up on the bridge and said, I am Starfleet? Yeah. Uh, that was a little over the top. <laughs> okay, but that's what they were alluding to. That's when they got on their desks and they all said, my captain, my captain. Yeah, yes, yeah. And, basically. <laughs> and then Robin Williams left the ship. Uh, another problem I had with that episode, and everything in the Mirror Universe, is it's all about the spores and how the network's dying and it could kill all of the universes. Yeah, I don't get that. How does that work? And then, but then beyond that, it's like, oh, we have to save it. It's, it would be terrible, and the spores are so important. And then they get back to the Norman Universe, and the spores are dead, and the drive is dead. Oh, but we'll just terraform this planet and make all the spores we want. Spores. And it was like yeah, it wasn't even like a, a little bit spore. It was mad spores. Like there was just it was <laughs> yeah. a they planet of let spores. Stamets use it anymore. Except he did. He no, no, them right into at the, the end, Kronos. when they went back to Vulcan, I'm saying, right. they said, "Okay, we can't use Stamets. We need a non-human interface." Yeah. But, but the idea is like that's that, why we've never heard of it. But <laughs> the thing, like first, they're like these are like magic spores that let you teleport. Fine. Okay, these spores are the source of all life yeah, in the, force. the universe. Yeah, the spores are the, the force. force. <laughs> they're the midichlorians. When did that happen, and why? And, and if they're so important, and we can't let them die, why is it so easy in in twenty minutes? For them to generate all the spores right. they could ever want. And the producers pointed out when they were asked for a hint for the next season, don't forget about the spore that landed on Tilly's shoulder. Whoop-de-doo. I mean, I just like, so much of this Ooh, seems to be, yeah, so much of it mm-hmm. seems to be going by the seat of their pants. It's like, oh, we need the spore, the death of the spores to be a threat that we need to do. Oh, well, we still need the spores, so let's just negate Bring back. Yeah. everything we said about the spores. And... Everything just seems to be a matter of convenience. Ex machina? Is that the term? Deus ex machina. Thank you. So, what we're looking at, and again, this is the finale, it's a good microcosm of this. It's like the show wanted to try out a bunch of different directions at once. They started with the Klingon War, and then they didn't really do it, and then they ended up writing themselves around it. And we just come back to it at the end and wrap it up really quickly. And they tried to do the mirror universe, and it was fine, but like they were in there for too long. Yeah, you know, and they, and they didn't know that. And they tried to do a few episodic episodes, and they were okay. So on the one hand, to be forgiving, I want to say maybe these are just the growing pains of a first season. They're trying different stuff out, to seeing what the audience likes. But yeah. So it just it seems like I hmm, I want to say that yeah, this isn't my favorite television show, but I can see the makings of one. Yes. Yeah. I think one of the things they did better than any Star Trek show consistently was cliffhanger endings. Because as much as I would dislike some parts of episodes or ep- or episodes as a whole, when it ended, I would always be like, well, i got to come back next week. Yes. Okay, yes. so let's I talk about how that. this one ended. Oh, do we have to? Well, I... Uh, <laughs> what a cheap... <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, was I delighted? Yes. Yeah. Is it incredibly lazy and maybe doing a discredit to the show? Yes. Did uh, I stay and listen through the entire thing in the end credits? Yes. yes. <laughs> Can I add that in the original podcast we had, you were actually quoted yeah. as saying, if they're going to bring back any ship, why not bring back the Enterprise? <laughs> and they did. They and listened they to did. <laughs> and you said... Is Captain Pike out there somewhere? And apparently he, he is. is. He's, he's right in front of it with the red. And... Uh, and the first thing I thought is, how are they going to do the bridge of the Enterprise? The producers <laughs> said, what makes you think you're going to see 
the bridge. That irritated me so much. They even they also said, oh, you may not even see Spock. Yeah. Why have Sarek there? Why have Sarek yeah. and, and Burnham share this meaningful look if, if they're not going to even show you Spock? Is it- and the answer to that is because the only reason they brought the Enterprise back was to get that fan gas in. And did you listen to the music at the over uh-huh. the end credits? Yeah, it yes. was the original yeah, series music. Yes. But does that contribute to the show in any way? I doubt it. Was it was a sop to the fans. It was a gift to yeah. the fans. But then, but, like, what are the chances season two is going to start with? Okay, whew, we got that problem solved. Bye, Enterprise. Well, we still <laughs> yeah. have the, the the issue is they're having a crisis of some kind yeah. because it's a distress call. But my fear is like if that is a gift to the fans. But is it going to be? Is it going to be a gift that? is amazing at first sight but falls apart as soon Flash as you touch in the it. Pan. Like mm-hmm. I don't want that kind of gift, you know. I That's what it. I'm saying. Like it seems like you can't have any substance to that. If you do have substance to it, they're going to have to go to the bridge. They're going to have to see the other uniform. They're going to have to make, And then if you're doing that on the Enterprise, why do we need discovery? Is we, Spock on there with Pike 10 years before the if, Enterprise? If for them to share that look, I think he that, has to be. Right, is, so she, yeah. that yeah. look was because she realized her brother is on that ship. No, yeah, and, right? and they did show in the at the end scene when they're all getting their medals, the two uniforms. Did you, did you They've no, got no. like the discovery. In the background, in the audience, you could see them side by side. Oh, Some didn't. of them had that... Discovery type uniform, yeah. and the other ones like had cage? that bla- blue cage-ish type. Mm. At least I felt oh, that. Oh, okay. Now I have to go back yeah. and look. Yeah. Right next to each other, and there's, there's like an Andorian, so it's kind of you can see that there's that. Mm. It's not clear, but uh, so I feel like that's a little bit of a hint. They were model samples. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> they've decided to go do away with these form-fitting modern-looking jumpsuits and go back to turtlenecks and, <laughs> yeah. and, and short skirts. Yeah, and short skirts. They're like that's the future, or both. Or Why not? Both. Why not? My uh, well. so I, here's a nitpicky <laughs> thing with it. Sarek is on the ship. They're going to Vulcan to pick up their new captain. They share Sarek's with them, and he comes onto the bridge and says, "Oh, thank you for allowing me this indulgence. I, I never tire of seeing my home planet." And then they go to warp to go there. Is he just going to stand on the bridge for the next eight hours? Why was he there? Maybe he likes watching them I go to war. So. Oh, I, I, I like watching My eyes more. glaze over. I love watching the stars. I can really do some good things. Well, I always wonder what the rest of the bridge crew does. <laughs> just sitting there right. and they're just flying. At least they have chairs. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, mm, uh, I had to say throughout, though, with Sarek, uh, just like, holy crap, man. Zip up that emotional fly. Like yeah, like, yeah. like he's laughing almost and chuckling with Burnham and smiling. His voice and I'm like, is what full the of emotion. Is this? Yeah, yeah, and it was, he yeah. That's another. Maybe thing. he was already suffering the disease he had. <laughs> oh from. yes, it was the first sign. Bondi syndrome. Yeah, I, I think that's actually what yeah, it is. Bondi that's syndrome. Bondi. Famously <laughs> mispronounced by his wife as Bandy syndrome, but, right. but it wasn't. It was all those. Yeah, but she's a human. Yeah, yeah. 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 What do they know? Yeah. Perrin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of emotion. I, I didn't care for that. Um, I mean, that's one of my problems with the, the Enterprise at the end uh, as well. Anytime they've used something that's directly a reference to the original series or any other Star Trek, I feel like they haven't done it well. And so that does not bode well for any Enterprise shenanigans. Yeah. Harry Mudd was 
not Harry Mudd. Uh, the Klingons. The Klingons weren't Klingons. Klingons. They admitted, by the way, the producers and writers admitted that they had hoped to have those long conversation scenes in Klingon, and it didn't quite work out that well. So they have yeah, admitted no that didn't go well. I just don't understand why they fully changed the makeup and made it so much worse. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I mean, they don't think it's worse, or they did yes, when they started. But like, they, yeah, but they didn't okay. set out to make it worse, but they decided to to put their own mark on it, and that's where the mistake was. Yeah. You can't put your own mark on something that iconic. And does anybody truly believe that all Laurel had to do was say, I got a bomb, and yeah. they all went, oh, okay, well, yeah, we, I guess we, we Such we, a rushed wrap-up. We glaze over that. Let's come back to that. So, okay. She's, since when could women serve on the council? Right. Uh, we already know uh, that that's well, not Well, no, the Duras sisters were... Oh, no, they had to bring, bring their... They had to bring Tural. Yeah. yeah Tural. Even though Galron offers Kalar, I think, but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another... Yeah. That's another... But in... But, the whole House of Quark thing. The house, yeah, the special dispensation. Because she can't... Yeah, but but focusing right on this thing... <laughs> okay. All right. She, let, she's blackmailing them into following her because she can blow up their whole planet. Maybe? That's a stretch, I think, but fine. But why would that stop the war? We see the direct cut on this is there's a bunch of Klingon ships pointed at Earth. Yeah, like five. I don't. <laughs> I don't buy that the Klingons would care that much about Kronos. That that threat would would. End or that the they war. wouldn't say, just give us an hour. Yeah. yeah or say, yeah. sure, we'll follow you. Let's all go blow up Earth together. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you stop? I kept expecting them to bring. And when they first did the planet, the you know the Pavlovins or. Yes. Um, <laughs> Whatever. I kept thinking at first that they were going to be maybe the Organians. And they were going to bring that back because that's what ended that potential war with the Klingons in the original series. And I was like, hey, that'd be neat. But no. (laughs) I mean, the only other thing we know about the Klingon Federation War from the original series is that uh, was it Garth of Izar had some sort of huge triumph at Axanar, right? And that's never addressed. The war ends with a, a whimper and not a bang. It doesn't matter. Yet. Well, I think we're talking about three discrete right, right. events right now. Yes. Like my impression is that in the Kirk era, they're at a cold war with Klingons. Yes, this Definitely. war with like this open war from yeah. Discovery has been resolved. But now they're playing like Soviet Union America. Yeah. Well, at the time that was That's, yeah. which is what that was. Yeah. That so first there's the hot war, which is Discovery. Then there's the cold war, which is Kirk and the motion pictures up to undiscovered country. Where Praxis explodes and and the Gorkon is trying to make peace between the Klingons and the Federation. And then the Enterprise C was involved in later in peace stuff later as well. Yeah. But that was oh yes no that was when the Romulans were attacking Narandra three. That's that was the Enterprise Look at the C. Brain there it is. Yeah. yeah. Not so but, the so war the, may be over, but it's the fighting is over, but it's still yeah. They still no hate each other. There's good justification yeah. for it. To why be would over. the fighting be over? I have no idea. The, sa- that's why I watched it the second time, right. thinking I missed something. <laughs> yeah. I also don't buy that the Klingons would all unite that quickly under it, and like once this has been established that a bomb can blow up all of Kittimer in a volcano, Kronos. Kronos. Kr- sorry, Kronos. Why can't anyone else do that you know it's just like such a uh, yeah somebody takes the pad from Laurel now they're the well, emperor it's, yeah. no, it's, well it's DNA coded to her well yeah but it was DNA coded, coded to, to Michelle Yeoh and yeah. then they changed it <laughs> well Michelle, <laughs> Michelle Yeoh. Yeoh changed yeah, she right. yeah. Yeah. she had it's to still, do that it's like can, I have to unlock my phone yes, before I give you a but I can ring. give I can cut your thumb <laughs> off and use it 
right. Well, uh, <laughs> that's a hard touche. <laughs> but seriously, why couldn't they solve the problem of the bomb in the middle? Yeah, yeah. I, I just I, 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 there's a and lot I don't buy. I love I love that she's like, we won't blow up this planet. That isn't the Starfleet way. We'll give you the ability to do that. That's the Starfleet way. <laughs> Non-interference. <laughs> it just it, it was so undercut the the moment of her speech like that. Like it's we can't commit genocide, but it's okay if they want to genocide themselves. I want to sit down and I, I will and watch them all the way through back to back sort of and I mm-hmm. think they were written to the, for that to be done not because this it's week to week streaming service but if you can't so even carry it over one week and there are definitely plot threads that I missed I, I, especially by the mere universe I was watching one a week and even then the, I, I forgot that she and Tyler got together I mean, mostly, oh, no, that was a bit, well, mostly a because, woman, maybe. <laughs> mostly because I don't care, but she was like, you know, you betrayed me, and we were in love. I was sitting there going, were they in love? Yes. Yeah. No, when definitely. did that happen? And then, oh, right, yeah, no, they, they, they fooled around in the mirror universe. Okay, I, I do kind no, of no, remember No, no, and on the, no, but the Harry Mudd episode. Yeah, and, and they kissed on, with the Pavlovians. But it seemed like, what a C-plot. Yeah. Was that just me? Am I, I, am I putting my head too far out I just... I didn't. I mean, I knew it. I was aware of it, but I didn't. It felt. It oftentimes it felt on. forced to me. That, that well, there was no I was say, yeah. Yeah. but I don't expect that kind of stuff on Star Trek. No. So there's no chemistry between Nurse Chapel and Spock. <laughs> There, there was between, there was no chemistry between Odo. I was going to say there is chemistry with Odo and Kira. Oh, yeah. so much chemistry. <laughs> oh, that's another pack, cast. Uh, but, Troy uh, and, and Riker's chemistry, but oh, that's yeah. yeah but, but it's the same chemistry Riker has with, with everything, everything else. else. Yeah. Furniture, yeah. <laughs> <and> trombone. Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't know. I I found that to be such. It didn't have any impact on me. And it, 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 it represents to me the clear divide between the two sort of different things this show does. Like, try to picture Star Trek Discovery without Burnham or Lorca. Or, like, picture Star Trek Discovery where Saru is the captain and St- Stamets, St- Stamets is, like, the grumpy engineer and right. Culper is the grumpy doctor and Tilly's the junior officer. You could film The Next Generation with that crew. Like, it could be that show. I think it would be more Orville. Again. (laughs) Maybe. But I'm saying, like, that kind of uplifting... Like, like those are the Star Trek people. And I think Discovery has a very clear line between the Star Trek people and their, like, dark 21st century, like, Game of Thrones people. I think it was a show by committee. Yes, very much so. And it really felt like... Even the ship itself, the way it was designed, it was like, that was designed by a committee. So... Yeah. I cut you off, Grandma. I'm no, sorry. that's okay. I I was just going to say about Saru. I found his character more than most was whatever they needed to be for that episode. Mm-hmm. Like I found no consistency <laughs> with it. He's a coward. He, he was. He had uh, the best line though in the finale. I would, I argue that he. I th- I, you'll find me unpalatable. <laughs> that I, was, I, I felt I felt Saru's character growth. I yes. by the time they're in the mirror universe, like initially, but I don't know why. Like what sparked it to grow? Just oh, becoming lot, captain. A lot of it was off camera for sure. Yes, but I <laughs> but I buy Captain Saru in the last few episodes. Yes, whereas I like Saru was just a mealy mouth nobody at the beginning. He stepped he's, up. 
But he's he like stepped he up. stepped up. He's a coward. He hates Burnham for what she did. He betrays them on Palavin. Then he becomes captain. All that. But goes Burnham away. impresses him by what she's done over the episodes. Yeah. And, he, and, and they were really good friends. So. Yeah. And there's that plot where he's like he's asking the computer to like help him figure out what makes a good captain. And in the end, he decides he doesn't need it because he knows he did a good job. I'm. Yeah, I, was I, I buy his that. growth. I didn't buy Burnham's growth. And Lorca had reverse growth. Yeah. Lorca had yeah. sh- character shrinkage. Th- that really Whoa. bugged me. They, they, you know that there's that whole. I think uh, Anton Chekhov had this thing where it's like if you introduce a gun in the first act, you have to fire it by the third act. There's a hidden Klingon on the ship for most of the show. Dude has a triple in his office for most of the show. They never use the triple to reveal to expose that the Klingon. A Klingon. Ah, I was waiting for right. that. But they didn't the know entire... that. But he wasn't a Klingon. They didn't, they didn't know, know that, that. But then, then why have it there? Why have the perfect Klingon Are you revealing really saying device? Why have a triple on a Star Trek show? Yes, yes. Why have it and for have the, an undercover for Klingon? For the same reason they had the Gorn skeleton. But mm. the point is, right. it's established <laughs> right. as a Klingon, Klingon detector. detector. Yes. And we have a hidden Klingon on the ship. The whole time. Does he ever go into that room? No. No. Well, what are you saying? A Tribble's um, telepathic now? He wasn't like a Klingon body. He was a human body. <laughs> well, who yeah. knows how that works? Yeah, that was like th- that DNA. They implied that it was that it was like that they morphed him by like, breaking his bones apart and all that jazz and like putting human but, yeah. organs in him. But then or? they're sort of like, now nah, we just put the memory implant over, and I'm just going to take it off right now. But that really bugged me too. It's like it, as much as. I didn't understand why Laurel ended the war and why everyone agreed with her at the end. Why did of of all the things she could do when she was doing her special surgery on Tyler's yeah, brain? Like, boop, 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 boop. Just why for the audience? Why <laughs> did she? Why, I, I didn't she understand. She should have killed him. Yeah. yeah. Why, 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 as a Klingon, why did she, she suppress Vok and not yeah. Tyler? Why wouldn't she suppress there's, Tyler and keep Vogue? And I can understand if there's a plot reason for it. If she's like, well, his memories are the more dominant, so that's the one that we have to go with if he's going to live, and I love they him so much. never explained it. Never no. explained but it. See, and I feel like they wrote themselves into a corner with it. That they set him up, and they set up this cool dual character, and then just couldn't figure out what to do with it. So they sent him off with Laurel. But yeah. I think we'll see him again. I think we'll, oh, we'll, we'll see him again. I mean, because they, now they have a break to sort of try and catch up. But no, they, I feel like that had to have been for something more important. They went to so much effort to try and disguise the actor. Yeah. Like all that IMDb yeah, nonsense. No, I, like, yeah, I, and I then, and they just, well, he's suffering, so fix him. Okay. Yeah. And the other thing that, that uh, I felt was introduced and went nowhere, as far as I can tell, is in the Mirror Universe, they have uh, Vok is the, the guy who's united all the alien species together in a federation of sorts. Uh, against the Terran Empire, and what came of that? Like, I thought, you introduced that, and then, you know, Valk takes over Tyler, and, and he is able to, to unite the Klingons and bring that the peace that way. But nothing came of it. Nope. The, they were literally, they, they have this information, and then they're literally all killed for nothing. Well, we're not even sure. They never go yeah. back and check. Yeah. Well, we know that the Terran Empire isn't overthrown until the Cardassians come in. And ally well, until yeah, until Mir Spock yeah. starts de-escalating, assuming they want to keep that canon because there's a lot of yeah. like yeah. a lot of those tiny little details get rewritten. I I know nobody cares, but they're beaming through shields all the time on this yeah. show. It drives me and crazy. The Voyager did that. 
That's not right either. <laughs> Just because Voyager did it doesn't make it a good idea. If Voyager jumped off a bridge. <laughs> they, 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 they changed their uh, frequency to match the shield, so it just whoop, went right through. That's one of those rules that, like, it's, one, it's like firing while cloaked. Maybe yeah. they opened it's, a little uh, It's little one portal. of those rules that help us sort of believe it because it gives us something, like, a, like it gives a grounding to that technology. It also creates more of a problem. It can't, you can't easily solve everything if you can't beam through a shield yeah. or you but, can't. But little things like anyway, that's 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 real deep. That's, I mean, but in terms of like another thing in that department is when uh, they she airlocks Tyler when he's gone crazy in the mirror universe and and then Discovery beams him to safety. I didn't. I mean, I it's entirely possible I just missed something. But where were they beaming him from? That the people on the Shenzo didn't dis- detect the Discovery. Where like how did they get him from so far away? Like that breaks Star Trek. Yeah, too. that's weird. Don't recall enough to know. But be- I mean, beaming has always been weird in Star Trek. Actually, there, there used to be there, some consistent rules at least. There's a grievous example of it actually in this. It, is it the last episode or the previous episode when they bring Emperor Giorgio aboard? Oh. They, they beam her into the trans onto the transporter pad, and she steps off. And Saru says, "Beam her into her quarters," and they beam her off of the floor, standing next to the, the transporter, transporter pad. And you wonder why is there a transporter pad? Yeah, they're constantly beaming people from one place to another all the time. Why is there a transporter? <laughs> that's room? where the pattern buffers are. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it's just, but that's no, one of the no. things that Star Trek has never done. Well, no. so I, I can well, let that go. Well, what they did say early in the original series about site-to-site transport is more dangerous. Right. But they do it all the time, yeah. anyway. The, hey, no risk, no reward. <laughs> Another thing they Risk break. is our <laughs> business. <laughs> they used their sensors. Well, let's, we, are, we are over time, but let's, uh, do, let's do some, some quick... Quick hits. My favorite character now is Tilly. I absolutely love Tilly. She provided the comic relief. She showed growth. She's going to be... She got it. You know, got into the training program. Yeah. My biggest beef is they made a huge fuss when this show started about having the first gay couple on Star Trek, yeah. and then they killed him. Yeah, snapped his neck. They fridged him. So don't get that at all. Admiral Cornwall. Really? I don't know why. Cornwell. Just, Cornwell? Cornwell. <laughs> Never mind that. <laughs> that is true. But her, uh, her name isn't important. I'm too distracted. No, I, I don't know. I just liked. Uh, I, I, I like the character. I, I, Star Trek's always had trouble with admirals. That true. Are, and and they found one with Bill Ross in Deep Space Nine, and I think that she's a good for that role. And and they're not. That's something that I think the show did okay on. Yeah, I, I can accept that. It was an out-of-the-box answer. Yeah. Um, quick hits. Uh, if we're doing favorite character, Lorca, premier universe change Lorca. Um, I, I, I mean, we guessed in, in this group and around it, we guessed pretty early that he was a mirror universe character, but I was really excited to see where that character would go. The way they turned him back, I hated, but up until that, I was most interested in his story. Also, again, with what I mentioned before, that if I wanted to see the Star Trek version of this show, I want to see that crew with Saru and Tilly and Stamets and Culper. And just, like, I like those characters. I wish it didn't focus so heavily on Burnham and Tyler and the angsty people. Uh, You stole my answer with Lorca, so I'm going to actually go with Burnham. Because I did like her. Maybe I'm just uh, transferring my uh, enjoyment of her from The Walking Dead to this. I liked her. But I, I liked her. I... There were a lot of character choices with her that I didn't love, but she was a consistent, solid center for the show to work around. Yeah, I don't like basically anything about her origin. I don't like a lot of the 
changes they made because of her, but I thought she had an interesting arc and an interesting relationship with Giorgio that we haven't really seen on Star Trek before. So there, uh, mm. that's my answer. All right, so before we wrap, real quick, based on everything we've just discussed, so on that list of rank of your favorite Star Trek shows, from best to worst, oh where does Discovery sit right now? With the, with the understanding that it's not finished and it's still finding its legs, what do you think? I'm going to, because everyone's thinking... I am much more interested in watching what happens next in Discovery than I was for Enterprise. Yes. I think that uh, the cliffhanger endings help with that. It helps, but in terms of what they're doing, I'm more interested in seeing it. I stopped watching Enterprise because I wasn't interested in where they were going anymore. Um, I'm often very critical of Voyager. I do think Voyager found, its, found what it wanted itself to be sooner. Um, so it's sort of ranking with me right there. Mm. Um, and then, like, Next Gen and Original and DS9 are so far above still. Yes. Yeah, I, I'd say after mm-hmm. Voyager, but before Enterprise. Uh, I've put it sort of on its own. I, it's hard for me to, to, to put it in. I can give it a 6.3 out of 10. But, tribbles? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, six, 6.3 tribbles. Yeah. That point three Ooh, of a tribble is a little, yeah. 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 Well, they're born pregnant, so there's the point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it. Want to see what happens, but yeah, is like I can't get beyond an, a, a sound for how I feel about Bottom it. Bottom line, when I watched Enterprise, I had to force myself to watch mm-hmm. Enterprise. I'm I enjoyed the show. At least yeah. I enjoyed. I'm this entertained show. for the 38 to yes. 42 minutes that it's they too short. that yeah. they show. Yeah, like Joel said, it's probably too early to give it a definitive ranking. I sort of feel like if it didn't have Star Trek in the title, I uh, don't know that I would continue watching it, but it does, so I will. Although that didn't keep me watching Enterprise, although at first it didn't have Star Trek in its title. Uh, So, anyway, I I didn't love it, and I keep finding problems with it, especially continuity problems that are driving me up the wall. Yeah. Um, But just storytelling problems, too. So as a group, saying Star Trek Discovery Season 1 from a uh, to a uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that would yeah. be my noise. Well put. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, thank you guys for joining us, Joel. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me, Mom. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thanks, you guys, for coming. And special thanks, of course, to our crew, the Stella Simeonova, our webmaster, who's getting all this from us to you, and to Jamie Reum, our musician in chief. That's R E A U M E. Uh, check out his stuff. He's on YouTube at Jamie Reum Official, and he has his own podcast called Originals and covers and beyond less Star Trek content. Um, don't go there for that, but it is uh, pretty cool. Star Trek Discovery. That was season one. You want to check it out on your own? We gave it a, a qualified. Huh. So take that as you will. If you have your own thoughts and comments, though, we'd love to hear what you have to say and keep the discussion rolling. Um, There's 101 different kinds of ways that you can get a hold of us. Yes, you can go on our website, geektop5.com, and uh, you can do leave a comment on this episode. You can go to facebook.com slash geektop5. You can reach us on Twitter, at geektop5. You can also leave us a review on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice, and uh, we would always we will take any isics you can uh, give us there. <laughs> this has been Geek Top Five. Thanks for listening.